I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For sure. 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 For sure, sure, for sure. For sure. For sure, sure, for sure. For sure. For sure, sure, for sure. For sure. Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200 foot podcast. I'm Peter. I'm Jay. Why do I suddenly feel like I'm gearing up to storm the lobby from the Matrix right now? <laughs> oh, man. Like we were talking about before we started recording, I know Scott knows what is going on. Uh, so, Scott, like, why is today a pretty exciting day? Or, like, I guess maybe a couple of days ago. I, I, I'm not sure when this happened. Uh, why is this an exciting day in, in some people's lives? Well, that's because Tool is back on, or for the first time ever, is available on streaming services. Mm. So if you're like me and you're too cheap to go out and buy everything, you can (laughs) finally listen to it on Spotify or wherever else, which is what I did. I listened to Schism on my way home from work today. So I'm a happy man. Now, one thing that I'm kind of interested in, and um, by the way, I should definitely introduce uh, our guest, Scott Matla, uh, from the SB Nation site, Eyes on the Prize, which is the uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, website. We've had him on several times before, and we were talking before, and um, Jay is not a big Tool fan, which is obviously okay, but but you know, me and Scott are, are definitely big Tool fans, and... One thing that I I found interesting is um, uh, I don't know how long ago this is now, but when uh, the album Lateralis came out, um, did you ever do anything like where you were like researching about the alternate uh, track order for this? Because I know I did and I'm a total nerd and I thought that it made a big difference, but maybe it's just me. Well, here's the thing is that's like, I didn't really get into tool. Like when they were first out originally, when they were in high school, mm. like they were the band of choice for like the group of kids that I didn't really fit in with all that. Well, I'm not going to say they mm. were like the goth kids from South park or anything, <laughs> but and this is something i'm like you know what i was going through something one night i'm like let me see and i'm i was reading on wikipedia i fell down one of those rabbit holes at like three in the morning during one of my insomnia bouts and i'm like okay <laughs> let me sit here and listen to some of the things and lateralis was the first album i had actually listened to and i was like okay i get it it not everything is gonna fit for me but a lot of this is something i enjoyed so it's still something i'm learning more about and actually listening to or trying to, you know, get more into as time goes on here. The thing I was referencing before is that um, that whole album, basically like, like they have a song called lateralis um, where all the, the syllables of the lyrics are basically the Fibonacci sequence. 
and there is a theory and i have no idea like i've 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 looked into it today actually um to see if it was like actually tied into the band or anything and i i wasn't able to find anything like uh you know specific but there's an idea that if you rearrange the tracks according to the fibonacci sequence that it makes the album sound different um because like you know like like one song will bleed into the next um and I honestly don't know if that's true, but um, I've tried it out and it sounds pretty cool. So I was just saying, are, looking at it right now on Wikipedia. Yeah. So it, if you go one, one, two, three, five, eight, and listen to that, apparently it should make, which is some just Da Vinci Code ass shit for <laughs> a, a music album that came out eight years ago. So like, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. I'll give it a shot if I'm bored or I'll, you know, get my friend to do it. He's big into that kind of stuff with things mm-hmm. too. He's, the one who's like, no, I swear yeah. to God, Pink Floyd syncs up with the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. So, but it's... if you go onto YouTube and you uh, you search for Tool Lateralis Holy Gift, um, you will find basically this whole thing in a different order. Um, I don't know if it makes sense, but to be honest, um, if you're listening to this and you're wondering why six minutes in we are talking about a rock band, um, it is August 2nd as we record this, and there is very little hockey news, uh, but we are definitely going to be talking about some hockey stuff before the end of the podcast, um, actually right now. Um, So the biggest story that we have uh, seen in the, the past little while is that the Minnesota wild have bucked tradition and they have actually fired their general manager after only one year of basically screwing up their team <laughs> as opposed to two, three, four, ten 10 years of screwing up their team. Um, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this to Scott because I know you've read this story or right? at least you've read most of it. Um, whereas uh, before we started recording, I sent this story to Jay. Uh, so I know that Jay, you haven't actually finished reading the story yet. Um, so I'm going to throw it to Scott first. Um, so like we were talking about before we started recording, this is a crazy freaking story. Um, so what was, the most insane part or like the most few insane parts about this story that you well, read. I was talking about it in our eyes on the prize Slack channel. And I put a couple of quotes in there and I think there are a few that stick out to me is that when Charlie Coyle got traded, Paul Fenton was so concerned about leaks that he was threatening to fire people on the plane ride to somewhere and repeated this Mm -hmm. again and again when like injury news got out or he yelled at players for wearing like protective equipment, like in interviews and stuff, because people in the media noticed this. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you have so many other issues and you were concerned about them (laughs) noticing a player walking around (laughs) in a knee brace or something. And then it's every time like, Oh, it can't get any worse than this. It does, and it you just wonder what the hell was going on in Minnesota all year. Absolutely. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, from reading this article, I mean like the biggest thing to me, um, and actually from reading the article, like I kind of feel like this isn't the biggest thing, but the biggest thing from an outside perspective was the Nino Niederreiter trade. Uh, because 
you know, Nino Niederreiter was an Islander, first of all. And it seemed like kind of like a coup when the Minnesota Wilds uh, were able to, 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 you know, to get him away from there. And they traded him. And then all of a sudden, as soon as he was gone, he blossomed like it was crazy. Like all of a sudden, like Nino Niederreiter was a good player. Like who could have seen it? Um, and man, like, like they traded him to Carolina for Victor Rask. And from reading this article, basically the Carolina Hurricanes were looking to like, I, I think this is correct. They were looking to buy out Victor Rask uh, or at the very least get rid of him. I'm, I'm pretty sure like Scott, you read this like, right? Am, am I correct about that? They said they were planning to likely buy him out at the end of the season and that at no point they had scouted Nino Niederreiter 10 times leading up to this trade. Hmm. Minnesota hmm. had not scouted Victor Rask once, and apparently Paul Fenton hadn't even talked to the former captain of the Carolina Hurricanes, Eric Stahl, who was on his own team about this player before trading for someone they didn't scout and was going to be bought out at the end of the year. And then they traded one of their analytical darling wingers, who was a very good player having a rough season for said player. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> train wreck like, doesn't even describe uh, that. <laughs> like, exactly. And I mean, like, like here's the thing, because, you know, we always talk about this. Obviously, Jay and I are both, uh, you know, Detroit Red Wings fans, obviously. Um, but this podcast, you know, we talk about the entire NHL. And so we try to, you know, have an objective look at the league. And I mean, Detroit Red Wings fans have been very critical of some of the moves that Ken Holland has made. And quite rightly so, in many cases, my opinion. Like, this is insane. Like, this is crazy. Um, I mean, some of the things in this in this athletic story, like, they're they're just bonkers. I like I, I I almost can't think of a better word. Um and I realize like I'm almost kind of like, you know, like a Nickelodeon kid where I'm about to get slimed. You know, like I'm trying to think of words to say. <laughs> like it's just insane. Um so 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 Jay, um I sent this article to you like, you know, right before we started recording and I obviously know that you haven't had a chance to read the whole thing. Um <laughs> but like this is weird, right? Yeah, absolutely. But again, going back to what you said first, which was, you know, hey, buck the trend of sticking with a guy rather than spend, you know, years and years on them screwing things up and then deciding to kick them loose. You know, there was enough there already to be like, it is time to terminate our professional relationship. You know, that that that's the part that I was maybe more affected by because I was like that. Again, it's just like with anything in this league, right? Where like when stuff is supposed to make sense and then it doesn't, you just you just go with it, right? Because it's the freaking NHL, right? Like, well, that would have made sense, but this is the NHL. It's not it's not going to make sense. It's not going to have anything that resembles any any sort of logic or or you know, actual progression of how events are supposed to go. But then when you look at this and then you're just like, wow, okay, so, you know, they let the guy go. You know, that kind of stinks. I wonder why. And then now all the fallout stuff is happening here, and you're like, and they kept him for this long? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like you, you, like there's some of the glaring stuff that happens here. You know, I, th I mean, uh, I, uh, right, right before we, you know, right as we were setting up, I, the, right at the top of the article, there's just like this little point-by-point -point breakdown of 
So for just like one, he uh, would not build trusting relationships with anyone. Yeah. Anyone. <laughs> anyone. <laughs> and then uh, two, he the whole patching up leaks because of them threatening, you know, threatening jobs in, in all departments. And then and then the number three, which is my favorite one, which is the. I don't know. It, it's it, I, it, it's kind of weird because I feel like this is a type of conversation that like either a dad has with a son or something. We're just like, listen, I know it's early on, but really, <laughs> it's that bad, really. You know, so just it's it's. I mean, you know, Scott tried to avoid the pun, but I but I have to say it. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. It's exactly what it's supposed to. We should embrace how obnoxious this this whole situation is. But, you know, I mean, you know, getting done with it now, I mean, hopefully with the revelation of all this stuff, you know, yeah, everybody's like kind of flipping out about it. Let's hope that in like next couple of days, people will just then have the measured response of, okay, so there were reasons, right? Whereas, like before, if you didn't know anything, right, the rumor mill churns, everybody starts speculating, you don't know which is which, and then, you know, the situation just becomes even weirder. But the fact that this is being spelled out in Mm. very clear terms, just how unfit this (laughs) Fenton sounded, um, you know, it's like, I feel like by the end of the week, it's just like, it's just going to be this new standard of like, listen, you know, is is Fenton going to be... turned into a verb right wow you really fenton that one right mm-hmm. like i think i think that's pretty safe to assume that this is the type of stuff that's you know whatever i'm i don't know if there exists a how to be a gm course but fenton probably just wrote himself <laughs> into into the course into the course curriculum <laughs> of like in today, today's today's uh lesson is called what not to do on every level yeah by paul fenton. yeah so, so that's, so that's, that's, that's been my thought about the whole thing in the first place, but you know, as, 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 as objective as we can be, you know, it is pretty funny to watch this. Like you said, uh, with, with, with Holland, I guess there's an amount of competency mm-hmm. behind some of the moves that he made where it's just like, okay, I didn't like what you did, but I can understand what you were trying to do. Whereas with, it sounded like the Fenton stuff was just like, so you just have a dartboard, don't you? You just have a giant, you have a giant dartboard that looks like the 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 wheel of fortune wheel, and just you woke up and you just started throwing stuff, and you just went and did the things that the dart landed on <laughs> without giving it serious thought. Yeah. So, and uh, well, of course this was going to happen. So Scott, like obviously you are a writer uh, for the Montreal website, um, so. If we're talking about GMs, uh, obviously Mark Bergevin has been a GM that has been heavily criticized for different reasons in the past. Um, so what do you think about what he has done lately? He, after they missed the playoffs and drafted third overall, where they drafted Jesperi Kotkaniemi in 2018, and in the lead up and everything, to that time, everything he's done has kind of ended up being a solid hit. You know, he traded for Max Domi, and that turned out really well. He traded Max Patch ready for Thomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, and a second-round pick, and that's turned out extremely well. He's drafted the right players. He's made smart trades to get players like Jordan Wheel, and he has cleared out some cap space and given room for some of his younger guys. 
and he's put forth the first offer sheet that was actually signed for the first time in a while. And even like the small things that I haven't loved, like I don't love the Ben Sherratt contract, but I'm, I understand the reasoning behind it and how it could help the team. I don't know about it long-term, but I don't have any criticisms of what's going on right now outside of the fact that I looked at free agency and I thought for sure that Jake Gardner was the guy they were going to go after. They had the cap space for it. And with every passing minute, I thought, okay, once the Aho offer sheet is, you know, that whole thing's put to bed, then they'll sign Jake Gardner. But they signed Ben Sherratt instead. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? He has, Bergevin has had plenty of reason to be criticized over the course of his tenure. And believe me, I've done plenty of that myself. But right now, between the drafting and the moves and signings he's made, he's gotten a lot of value in his contracts. I don't have a reason to be upset with what he's done. I just don't know if at the same time if what he's done is enough to get this team back into the playoffs because they're mostly the same as they were last year, just with Ben Sherratt added into the defense, and that's about it right now. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. After we come back, we're going to talk about Mitch Marner and what his uh, contract negotiations mean for some of the other restricted free agents in the market. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so welcome back. And... One of the biggest, um, if not the biggest stories that we have seen is the Mitch Marner uh, contract negotiations uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so we're going to start this off by throwing to our guest, Scott. Um, so obviously, Montreal and Toronto are pretty much 100% at odds. Uh, so... What have you been noticing about this? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, pretty much like, I mean, I'm just going to like let you go wild with it. Like, where do you want to go with this? Well, uh, it's going to continue to be stupid as all hell, mostly. It's that, <laughs> you know, the biggest thing about this is that Marner and his camp are negotiating through the media. They're following mm. the playbook of Darren Ferris, which is someone as Red Wings fans, you guys have quite the experience with Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, yes, we his... do. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Marner doesn't want more than this term so he can continue to do this negotiation thing when that contract is up. And they don't, and Kyle Dubas in Toronto don't want his contract to run out the same time Austin Matthews does because then they're back in this same mess yet again. They're tighter to the cap than they were before, even with their potential LTIR with David Clarkson and all this other stuff. They're still close to the cap, and we don't have like a firm number that's been thrown out there. 
I've seen everything from mm. him being offered like eight and a half million to twelve and a half million a year. And quite frankly, it's like I don't know where the number is. You know, you can't even estimate it, even if you're being generous and saying somewhere in the middle, like ten and a half million dollars. Can Toronto afford that long term when right now, the year after that, they don't have most of their team signed. They need defensemen to sign. They have to sign uh, a couple of forwards and everything. You kind of wonder where this team's going to be in a couple of years. And if Mitch Marner's holding them hostage by demanding as much money as Austin Matthews, who's a better player, it doesn't paint a good picture. I don't know if he was going to be offer sheeted, it would have happened by now. Like, and we'd be done and talking about anything else for the love of God. And it kind of feels like this is different than William Nylander, where it was just kind of a holdout and they got it done. I don't know what the end game is for this. I feel like Marner's going to be a leaf, but I don't exactly know at what cost right now with the way things have gone, because it's all quiet. And then someone gets on a radio show and says, oh, you know, I heard he wanted this. And we go through this whole cycle of news and tweets from Leaf fans and tweets about people making fun of Leafs fans and everything ad nauseum until the next radio hit happens and we repeat the cycle again. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing that I pretty much have to ask you is as a fan of the only general manager in, I think, uh, the AD period to uh, do an offer sheet. Uh, <laughs> like, do you, th- <laughs> you know, I mean, like, 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 do you think that there's no chance that nobody goes after Marner at this point? If it was going to happen, I feel like it would have happened already. Like, we're in the doldrums of summer where it's just you know, RFAs are going and doing the negotiations and their arbitration hearings and everything. If it was going to happen, it would have happened after, like soon after the Aho thing was settled, or it's going to happen during arbitration week, like in the next two weeks. But I really okay. feel like we're going to end up seeing Marner signed relatively soon out of nowhere, and it's going to be some stupid, ridiculous mm. deal. One way or the other, it'll be ridiculously good, or it will be ridiculously bad, and we'll just repeat this process in a couple of years. But... I I don't see him being offer sheeted, not for the money he's asking right now. It just doesn't seem like any team wants to give, you know, a, a winger money that you give your star center, someone like Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, you know? Obviously, like before, when we were talking about um, the athletic articles about, uh, well, the athletic article, excuse me, about Paul Fenton, uh, have you had a chance to read the athletic article that came out today about the Mish Marner negotiation? I'm just curious. I have not. I've been at work all day, and I actually haven't had a chance to read that. I saw the Fenton thing as I was leaving, and I was like, okay, (laughs) I need to bookmark this and... uh, go home and read this. And I'm like, there's no way it could be this crazy. These are just a few quotes, right? And yeah. Nope. <laughs> I, um, obviously like, uh, I, I, I had a chance to read this article today. Um, and it's a, it's an athletic article from James Myrtle. And obviously he's writing about Toronto because of course, and he's talking about Mitch Marner and basically, Here's what comes out of this article today. So the Marner camp is not interested in an eight-year deal. 
because they feel that that is going to leave too much money on the table, which honestly, I agree with. I think that that makes sense. Um, And so he writes, uh, Myrtle, there are three term lengths that the Leafs have commonly been working with in this process, a three-year deal, a six-year deal, and a seven-year deal. Um, basically like uh, the other deals that are shorter, like one and two, um, you know, once that contract is expired, then they're going to be right back where they are, which, you know, they don't want it to do that. So basically, I mean, like these deals are looking at monitor in the nine to $10 million range. If they're talking about long-term and they're looking about seven to five or sorry, 7.5 million range in a, uh, a shorter deal. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, it's going to be interesting to see because some of the other rumors that have come out have been actually higher than that in terms of the actual um, AAV, you know, the contract, uh, the average annual value of the contract. So, man, I mean, this is this is crazy because um, we haven't really talked about it too much, but there are other RFAs that are. Um, kind of hanging in the balance and waiting for this uh, this deal to settle down. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, like Braden Point, uh, Patrick Laine, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, let's see, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, you know, there's other deals that have not been finalized. And it seems like from all the reporting that we've seen so far that they are waiting for the Marner contract to settle down. Um, so to be honest, I I have no idea what's going to happen. This is going to be really interesting. Is this is this one of those things where we get to just say how will how will this affect the Leafs? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all certainly hope that anything that happens with the Leafs can work out well for them and give them absolute prosperity. Uh, in my most Wayne Campbell voice, <laughs> not um, our our next segment here. I'm really excited to uh, to talk about because uh, we have what would what would basically amount to the, 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 the literal pulse. If for sure is the finger, Scott Matlett is the pulse because this is exactly what this type of question is meant for. So, uh, our, uh, good friend, uh, boss colleague, whatever the hell we call JJ, it's JJ. And, uh, usually JJ, we ask the JJ question, which is the, because you follow hockey, do you hate it now? But this is actually a different JJ question, and it's it's actually quite refreshing. And I applaud uh, Mr. Uh, JJ for um, g- giving us this this lone piece of content. So for Scott, for the sixty four thousand dollar question, who has the bigger inferiority complex, Toronto towards Montreal or Ottawa towards Toronto? It's always going to be the senators towards anyone of relevancy because (laughs) if I look at everything Ottawa's known for in like the past decade, it's the Centurion entrance for that still gets made fun of to this day for their home opener. It's trading away their best player of all time for next to nothing or letting him walk for nothing trading their second best player of all time for next to nothing, botching the Matt Duchesne trade, and just generally worshipping Chris Neal for some reason, in that Toronto <laughs> and Montreal at least have this rich history where there's things to talk about and players that are worthwhile to note. 
the senators are who you point at and go, you know, when a parent's giving a speech to their child, it's like, do you want to grow up and be like them? The senators are that team that people point at when like Seattle or Vegas comes to the league. It's like, do you want to grow up and be like that? The team that honors Chris Neal for (laughs) some goddamn reason, like, and it's not just Ottawa to Toronto, which is bad enough. And God forbid they ever play in the playoffs anytime soon with the advent of Twitter. That website, it will be worse than Boston versus Toronto. The only thing that would ever top Boston versus Toronto is Toronto versus Ottawa or Toronto versus Montreal. Because everyone else will be sick of both fan bases after three games max. And it all comes from the fact that Ottawa doesn't (laughs) have anything to cheer about. They made it to a Stanley Cup final and lost because Chris Phillips scored on his own net. And that was, they almost (laughs) made the Stanley Cup final, but they didn't. You don't get points for almost in the NHL. So it's always going to be Ottawa. At least Toronto has history and some of the best players in the NHL today to celebrate. I don't know what Ottawa has anymore that's even worthwhile to note, and it's adorable when they try to, but it's always going to be Ottawa has the bigger inferiority complex. I only have one disagreement with what you said there, and it's during the regular season, there are points for almost. It's the loser point in in overtime or the shootout. But you're right, yeah, and the playoffs almost doesn't cut it. But in the regular season, you can almost your way into a playoff spot, which once again proves this is the greatest league on the face of this earth. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Well, I'm glad that that's the case because there's – gosh, you know, I I remember there was – I forget what year it was. Scott, maybe you can help me remember this. But there was a early, early aughts. There was it was like the last game of the regular season, and it was between Toronto and Montreal, and whoever won got to go to the playoffs. And I remember being able to watch it on Hockey Night because the joy of actually living in Detroit is that we actually get Canadian programming, which just as a hockey fan, just it it just it's like the most beautiful kind of perspective. And I just remember like watching them, like wow is this what it's like for them all the time? Like pretty much every game is like, if we beat you, we will remind you incessantly. <laughs> and, and that's, yeah, that's pretty much the way it's gone. So I'm, I'm glad that that's, it, it's been holding true for this long. That's that, that actually, it warms my heart, my cold dead hockey heart. It's great. I want to say that game was the end of the 2009 series and Montreal needed a point to qualify for the playoffs. And and I know this because my buddy went to the game and they it's how I ended up with my first Canadian shirt was they went to overtime and Toronto won in overtime, but like Mike Kamasarek of everyone tied the game in like the third period <laughs> to earn the point to get Montreal into the playoffs that year. And it's I am and it was making me nervous because this past year I'm like, oh shit. Please tell me the last game of the year against Toronto isn't going to be do or die because Toronto comfortably qualified for the playoffs, but God forbid that Montreal had a chance and had to beat Toronto. If they didn't win, Twitter would be a hellscape 
worse than it already <laughs> is, and I don't think I want to live in that world. <laughs> <laughs> it's it'll be, it'll be you know what I actually not I, and I think my I think my wife is actually going to be really proud. I'm going to use this reference. It's the if that happens, it's going to be that time in that episode of The Good Place where where Janet gives us a preview of what hell sounds like. <laughs> it's just, it sounds like explosions, fire, screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we now go live to Twitter after this happened. Yeah. And it was just like five seconds yeah. of just like, just incoherent, just painful screaming. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that's the situation. Uh, and to be honest, Scott, I actually want to go to, to that game. I want to go, like if that game exists, I would seriously consider finding a way to go there. Cause I just, I just, and what would be great is I would totally be that guy that wears the wrong Jersey, <laughs> right? There's always that one person, Hey, tonight's marquee matchup between the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks. And there's like two guys wearing a predators Jersey. Another guy's wearing a blues Jersey. And you're like, um, so you just want you. So you're just here as a fan, right? Like that's the, that's the, that's the shtick. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's been some sort of justification yeah. for, so. for, for the way people have been like, I'm going to wear jerseys to whatever game just to be like part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew. But gosh, that's it. It always, I always laugh to be like, what, what guy's going to find like, it's like, ah, geez, I should go to a, I'm going to a hockey game tonight. What do I wear? I think I've got a Ron Francis Wheeler's jersey somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll just wear it's that. It's funny you say that because <laughs> I went to a Sabres Predators game uh, last spring because tickets were like 12 bucks because the Sabres are trash again. And I'm like, what can I wear? And yep. I grabbed a Team Sweden jersey out of my closet. I'm like, you know what? It's yellow and it's blue. No one knows who I'm cheering for. Let's make them guess. And I, <laughs> a couple of beers deep at the bar with friends, bought a powder blue Atlanta Thrashers jersey a couple of weeks ago. And I went, you know what? Any neutral game that I'm going to that doesn't involve Montreal or a team that I root for, I'm going to show up in a Thrasher's jersey just to bother people and see and be like, no, I'm cheering for this guy who used to play for this team. So deal with it, you know? Okay. So when we come back, we will have some video game hockey stuff and a game for you. And we're back. Thank you for listening to our ad breaks. For this next segment, we wanted to dip into the digital realm because, uh, as has become a annual tradition, uh, EA Sports. Um, I'm told it's in the game, but uh, I guess the jury's out on that. But uh, they have released their beta for the next installment of the NHL series, which um, I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, hundreds of years from now when aliens touch down on earth and survey the wreckage and they're going to be like, wow, you know, NHL 35, that was a pretty good one, but I don't know. I really liked NHL 26. That was, that was probably the best of the series. Um, but uh, yeah, so all three of us have uh, had the chance to dive into this uh, beta. So the beta itself, uh, as is the case with most of this beta stuff, it's basically a scaled down version of what is available um ones ea sports hockey league online the ea shl uh and and some threes eliminator 
So basically kind of a twist on some already existing game modes. Um, uh, I would just like to start this segment with a preface of saying that I am a huge idiot because uh, the last time that I uh, played like ones of anything in this game was during the uh, during NHL 19. And for some reason, I totally did not do any research or fact-finding missions whatsoever to figure out that you can actually alter certain aspects about your one's character. So I thought I was always going to have to be a six-foot-two power forward. But you can change your height, you can change your weight, and then you can mess around with stuff from there. I'm just an idiot. So with that newly, you know, again, just like with AA, First step is realizing you have a problem. I had a problem, so I figured it out. And I got to say, with one's eliminator this time around, actually knowing how to actually try and be competitive, I'd say it's pretty sound. The first thing that I've noticed, skating is a lot smoother. The agility thing is probably something I'm going to want to max out very early, uh, either in ones or for uh, be a pro, because um, turning is just, it's so much nicer. It's so much better. But uh, th- that's just that's just my early thoughts. Uh, Scott, let's go to you first. Um, what uh, what has been your impression so far of the beta? Is is um, you know is, does it make sense to get in any way excited about this, or is this just like a kind of a holdover? Because again, remember it is August second, <laughs> nothing is happening. Um, so my buddy and I played it, and we played a we've played every NHL since. 13 is when we picked it up and started playing the EASHL mode together. And the first thing that we noticed in this game was that you can't just thread a pass like you used to is now you actually have to take time, set up your pass and make sure that you're hitting it in stride with your teammate for those one timers. It's no longer just a tap in guaranteed goal on the cross crease and the skating seems a lot smoother. Goaltenders react like goaltenders should when they make a save. They don't seemingly aren't robotic and snap to positions. They move and make saves. Like if they get hit up high, they try they're standing upright and they're trying to hold on to the puck. And it seems a lot more realistic in that regard. The one thing I still cannot figure out for the life of me is when we play three, we play three on three EASHL, is that regardless our computer character does one of two things. They either never go for the puck or they decide that they play forward now of their defenseman and they are just nowhere to be found. They'll step up for hits. And I'm wondering, it's like the AI needs some adjusting or give us the ability to control what kind of play style they have because we'll be cycling the puck around the zone. Then all of a sudden they'll just pinch in from the point and we'll go, we'll, you know, lose the puck or it goes off a rebound and all of a sudden there's a breakaway in the other way. At the same time, it's a beta. You're going to have bugs and things that need to be worked out. And I'm excited enough to see what's in it now that it feels a lot more realistic this year with the way that offense shooting and passing works and the skating that when you receive a pass, you can receive it in stride and keep going. Your guy doesn't stop and then start going again. So, and I told myself, I'm probably not going to buy NHL 20. There's a whole bunch of other games coming out that I want to get. And now I look at that and go, you know what? Yeah, I think I'm going to end up getting this. It'll be a nice little addition to if I'm bored or finish up one of the other games coming out and I need something else to jump into. 
Yeah, so uh, so Scott and I have a have an intertwined history when it comes to video games because um, I don't think I'm trying to think we've ever actually played a game together, but um, a lot of times I'll be playing a game and Scott will have already played it, or sometimes we'll be playing the same game at the same time, uh, and you know, so we'll kind of talk about it and you know share share some tips and tricks and stuff like that and commiserate. If there is a particularly hard section or a particularly annoying section, um, such as the the very beginning of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, for some reason they give you this character that you have to kill who is incredibly tough. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm going to echo everything that Scott said about the beta. Um, I started playing it uh, NHL in. I, I believe it was the very first one, NHL 93PA. Um, and that was a, you know, obviously everybody has nostalgia for NHL 94. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing these games for a very long time. And I thought I thought that the beta version was was definitely fun. Um, you know, I agree. I agree with Scott with what he was talking about with the controls. Uh, and, you know, the AI is still annoying. Hopefully they can fix that at some point. Um but yeah, I mean, I've been I've been playing a lot of the three on three EASHL. I uh, like like Scott was talking about. I actually play as a defenseman most of the time because I know how annoying it is when you don't have somebody staying back on defense uh, at least most of the time. And um, yeah, I mean, I was I was actually considering not buying this. Uh, it was weird because it was like, you know, I buy it every year and then I was like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of the same old thing every year. Um, and then one of the reasons that I think I'm probably going to end up buying it um, is that they have finally changed the announcing. The announcing has been the same year after year after year. And they finally uh, they have they have uh, new announcers in there and uh, it's all new commentary, which is great. It's very fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. There's a change on the on the announcing front. The one re, I was, and I'm uh, Pete. I'm the, the exact same way. I wasn't sure if he was going to buy this one, but to quote Al Pacino mm-hmm. in Godfather Three, the second I thought I was out, they pull me back in <laughs> because the Red Wings on their Instagram account tweeted out that yes, for the first time, I think since so yeah, since NHL 06. Steve Eiserman returns to the NHL hockey game sphere. Um, it appears he's going to be one of the hot icon players. So someone, uh, a, a version, a, a fixed version of the player. Whereas this last year, there was like two or three different kinds of Gretzky. Um, so that part I was excited about. I, I always, you know, to, I, I just feel like there's, cause I think the last time that like, I think 2009, Scott, you might be able to help me on this. Um, when was the, the, the Montreal Centennial? Was that 2009? So it was 08, 09, and okay. 09, 10, basically to encompass okay. all of 2009. Right. Okay. So what was funny was those NHL versions had like the all, like the all Centennial Canadian team on there so you were playing as bernie boom boom jeffrey on you're playing as pocket rocket you could play as pretty much everybody from every you know ken dryden patrick wall all that stuff and um it was it was pretty funny because i think that that game actually you did have a couple of different 
uh, legendary players that you could play as, such as Gordie Howe, and I think you you were able to play as him in that one. Haven't been able to play him in the game ever since. So, you know, basically getting the chance to play as a classic Red Wing. I mean, I I'm always curious as to why they they hold back from because first of all, it's not like the player models look exactly like the guys anyway. So I, I can't imagine it was like a rights issue. I mean, okay, yeah, sure, you're using a photo that you were having on a trading card for a while as the actual card in the game, but like. In game, they're like, "Yeah, that's that's totally Sidney Crosby," and you're like, I, "I, I mean, if I squint my eyes and I was maybe three beers in, yeah, sure, that's Sidney Crosby." But it's not like they look like them anyway. So I'm I'm always curious as to why certain players don't make the cut. But you know, if there was a way to basically reconstruct, you know, either the 2002 Red Wings or the 97, 98 Red Wings, you know, I, I those are reasons that would make me want to buy it more. So you know, after this one. You know, it, it, again, NHL 20, you have my money because you're putting Stevie Wine there, but I don't know. NHL 21 doesn't look like it's jumping out at me as a reason to buy it again. So that's that's what it is. Yeah, and that all depends. They could add a game mode where every player is gritty or the goalies are, you know, eight feet tall and it's ridiculous, like Wayne Gretzky's all-star yeah. hockey or something like that. Like, make threes even more just absolutely batshit insane and i'd probably be down for that but at the same time i don't know what the hell's coming out in the next year too and it's because that was my big thing with this because at the mm. same time like there's yep. borderlands 3 is coming out and cyber five is coming out point? i'm like yeah am i gonna drop almost yeah that's next year and it's like am i gonna drop 200 bucks on games in the span of a month when i'm worrying about trying to save up my money and pay my student loans off and everything and then that voice in the back of my head went, you sure as hell are now. So, <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Yeah. We are now going to play a game. Um, so back in the day, the Detroit Red Wings drafted a player named Philip Zadina. Yes. Back in the day, back in the day, years ago and decades ago. And to celebrate, I created a game uh, that for some reason we never got to play. I don't remember exactly why. And so uh, I have kept it in my Google Drive and I'm busting it out now. We're going to play it. It is called Chess or Checkers. It's game time. So basically, oh dear, chess is a chess grandmaster from the Czech Republic, and oh, no. checkers is a hockey player from the Czech Republic. Okay. All right. Oh, so no. now, oh, boy. Okay. I have <laughs> edited this down um, from from the original game. Okay, so there are eight total questions. All right, so Scott, do you want odds or evens? I will take the odds. Okay, so evens it is. Jay is going to go first. All right, you ready, Why Jay? Why would I go first? Why would I go first? One is an odd number. What's wrong with you? Um. Oh, wait, wait. do you want to go second? <laughs> I don't care. Do you want to I go thought you were gonna, Well, if he's going odds, it means he has one, three. Right. Uh, uh, one, and three, so, five, and yeah. And so on my three, dice app, I rolled a two. I was going to say so he's, he's rolling odds or evens, and I picked the odds, so I didn't oh, win. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought you were giving him every other one. Okay. No, yeah, no, right, no. Right. I deserve that. No, yeah. I deserve that. That's my fault. I didn't, Please I didn't, don't edit this I, part I out. <laughs> oh, trust no, me. No, I try. I try. I tried to be high and mighty, and I got. I got my comeuppance. I think. Oh, that, you really fed that me, one. Right I would there. not edit this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right, okay. All right. Ready? So I'm going. So I'm okay. going first. Does that, right. that make sense? So okay. yeah. Here we go. Okay. Yaroslav Kristek. Kristek. That's a that's a that's a grandmaster. That is a hockey player. Of course it is, <laughs> because this is how I do in these games. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Hold on, I have Off to. a great start. Yep. Here we go. Kristek. Okay. Scott, you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Wojtek Mozik. That is a grandmaster? That is a hockey player. He played 15 games for New Jersey. All right. So well, he's a Devils player. No one gave a shit about yeah. the Devils then. Come on. All right. That's fine. All right, Jay, you ready? That's good. Here we go. Pavel Blotny. Blotny? Yep. I, I have to stick to my guns here. It's got to be a chess master. That is correct. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Pavel. Uh, Shot in the dark. All right. So, Pavel Blotny uh, became a grandmaster in the year 1993. Wow. All right. You ready, Scott? Yep. Peter Hubachek. Hockey player. Um, that is correct. Thank God. Oh boy. <laughs> he played six, six games for, um, Philadelphia. Hold on. In the years 2000, 2001. Man, we're really scraping the barrel right. for checks here, aren't we? Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> All right, Jay, you ready? <laughs> as ready as I'll ever be. Carol Betick. Betick? B-E-T-I-K. Betik. Betik. I'm going to say a hockey player. That is correct. Oh. Yes. He played three games for Tampa Bay. In the three best games Tampa Bay will ever have played for them. 88-89. All right, Scott, wow. you ready? Yep. Miroslav Filip. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> is he a grandmaster? That, that is correct. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, wow. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. You ready? 1955. Oh, come on. Ooh, really reaching back there. Yeah, really. All right. And here's the thing. If you end up tied, you're tied. That's cool. All right, here we go. Oh, so we're going, we're going, we're going pre two thousand six lockout rules. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. Here yeah, we go. end in ties. What a, what a, what a return to a golden age. All right, Jay. Here we go. Vladismir Babula. 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 I'm gonna go grandmaster. That is correct. 1997. Yes. All right. Last one. Here we go. Jan 
or sorry, Jan. I mean, it could be Jan, Jan. Bernasek. He's a. Oh God, the pressure's on. He's a. <laughs> ha! <laughs> no. <laughs> I shouldn't feel this like on edge about this. He's a chess grandmaster. That is correct. You ah! talk. Okay. Oh, I actually dude. just thought of another way you could play this too, if you wanted to. Is did they play for the okay. Charlotte Checkers, or are they this person oh, too? That's a good one. No. Woo! All, All right. right. Well, Scott, you're giving you're giving Peter ideas that. That he's going to stay up all night figuring out. Get one of the Canes reporters on and play with, uh, with, um, (laughs) are they a chess grandmaster or did they play for the Charlotte Checkers at some point? That's pretty good. Yo, I honestly, I think it would be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's officially going in the idea book. Yeah, exactly. That's our time, Pete. It is. That's, that's so after such a here, we thought we were going to have a a, res, a resounding winner, and all of a sudden we all have to go home after a tie. That's, gosh, I haven't felt that way oh since two thousand three. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for listening. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so. You can follow uh, me on Twitter at P Flynn Hockey. You can follow Jay at the Roar underscore 24. You can follow our guest today, Scott Matla at Scott Matla. Um, that's really easy, uh, as Jay likes to say. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash for sure. And you can find our merchandise store. Uh, if you go to tinyurl.com slash for shirt, that's F-E-R-S-H-I-R-T. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with another for sure. episode. For sure. 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 For sure.